all of the current tech enables all of us rabid nostalgia fiends to be able to experience now what we had the good pleasure of enjoying live and in person back then. Although we appreciate the ease and user-friendly tech ability to assist us to revisit so many of our fondest memories, <laughs> the experiences still only come at a fraction of true enjoyment versus us actually living the experience. So true, Kennedy. The 70s and 80s were so much different than today. But because of the modern conveniences of today, for instance, like our tablets and smartphones, we're able to dial up anything retro pop culture with just a tap or a swipe. Thankfully, we're heading into our retro orchard this week to do just that. That's right. Ask any nerdy Gen Xer or Xennial of that time, most will tell you that that's when most everything was the best and that it was all around a better time to be alive. <laughs> because things were regarding fondly, um, we tend to put away anything that was troublesome during the intoxicating era. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to rewind with us today? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Can it just ready? <laughs> And hopefully you are too. Journey along as we peer back to a time back when people were much more carefree and when good TV and awesome radio airwaves would boost the overall aura, vibe, and attitude of that retro heavy landscape. This one's especially good for hardcore retro aficionados. So are you all ready to peer into some of that infectious throwback fun and adventure? Don't touch that dial. Let's head into the orchard and see what's all entailed in the retro television sitcom classic, WKRP in Cincinnati. So stay tuned. when radio was a really big deal and modern media and television comedies were popular, there was a show that fused together the ultimate components of both worlds and entities into one dynamic offering, that of WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and our dad really enjoyed watching WKRP. He did. I believe it came on late night at like 11 o'clock or thereabouts. You know, we heard the theme song when we were supposed to be sleeping in bed. You know, school night and all that. So, you know. <laughs> and it's very interesting that you mentioned this, Cooper. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, it was our data that watched and understood the premise of the show. Uh, but it was the song, that theme song that was so enjoyable and captivating. Yeah. I mean, just the, the song alone was crazy infectious enough to make one want to watch it. Mm-hmm. 
That theme song was vibe, yo. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but the song lyrics really did kind of explain what WKRP in Cincinnati was all about. It told the story of a radio station that was struggling to build a name for itself. Hey, does this sound remotely familiar? Here are the lyrics for the opening theme. Baby, if you've ever wondered. (laughs) (laughs) Try to help. Thank you. (laughs) Wondered whatever became of me. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati WKRP. <laughs> you know, it was kind of a nice, fresh concept back then in that television was making an effort to place as its geographic location a TV series based in a place other than, say, New York or LA. Yeah. Got kind of tired of packing <laughs> and unpacking. <laughs> town to town. Up and down the dial. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you and me were never meant to be. Just maybe think of me once in a while. (laughs) I'm at WKRP in Cincinnati. Wow. Oh my goodness. (laughs) The misadventures of our singing and also of the staff of a struggling top 40s rock radio station going down, as we said, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. So, yeah, like um, you think about our data, like he would always say, as you just mentioned, Cincinnati. I gotta go to Cincinnati. <laughs> so I've heard that people can kind of tell generally what, what part of the Midwest you're from by the way you say words like that. <laughs> yeah. So he, he probably gives himself away. Dead ringer every time he says that. He still says that. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> so, like, you know, if y'all can probably guess, you know. Good bravo to you. (laughs) (laughs) But for the podcast this week, we'll say Cincinnati because, you know, that's what it is. (laughs) Cincinnati. Cincinnati. (laughs) So the cast members' struggles um, brought audiences at that time so much music and laughter. We literally could hear our data laughing out loud enjoying himself each time he tuned in (laughs) (laughs) so let's get into what was making data and so many other fans enjoy a good laugh or 10 as this retro gym dawned the late night small screen so are you ready to dive in cooper yeah (laughs) orchard archivers (laughs) (laughs) let's do this (laughs) sounds good yeah let's get into it all right so where do we start when we when we're speaking of something as retro and throwback as WKRP in Cincinnati? Hmm. So, although we aren't really exactly aficionados of the show, we do have some vague memories of it and a lot of helpful research uh, to give you a most entertaining Carvel Apple offering in regards to our orchard trek this week on WKRP in Cincinnati. 
That's correct. So the story is supposed to be about Andy Travis, who is played by Gary Sandy, um, as he leaves the southwest part of the U U.S. and he moves back eastward to take on a promising job opportunity to become program director of a small radio station, WKRP. Ooh, <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when Andy Travis arrives at WKRP, the station is playing none other than elevator music. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> How unconventional and very 70s, early 80s of them. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> and to add insult to injury, nothing works well. <laughs> Reason being is that this atrocity is due to it being of high preference of the radio station's owner, Mama Carlson. Oh. Yeah, so WKRP shockingly plays elevator music because that's how Mama Carlson wants it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Mama Carlson was played by actress Carol Bruce. See, in true throwback fashion, we can already tell how entertaining the premise of WKRP in Cincinnati was. <laughs> So it was later revealed that WKRP, that being the station, um, is supposed to operate as a tax write-off. So this was the key reason why Mama Carlson put her rather ornery and incompetent son, Arthur Carlson, in charge of the station. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Carlson was played by Gordon Jump. So Arthur Carlson uh, runs the failing radio station owned by his overbearing mother, Mama Carlson, much to his dismay. But Andy Travis, with big hopes and dreams, comes into the picture and Arthur immediately hires the young program director, who promptly changes the, the current format of elevator music to a much needed updated version to that of rock. Oh, God, that was close. <laughs> yes, we got to chunk that elevator music. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, if my feeble retro mind serves me correctly, I remember that our folks really liked and enjoyed music, all types. Yes, yes. But as they played and flipped through the many radio stations in the car, I remember those slower, soft-like, easy-listening stations. <laughs> Oh, Coop. Both of our parents dug them some easy listening, didn't they? <laughs> they did. They most certainly did. Yes. To our chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> and we were literally stuck listening to those dated FM frequencies. <laughs> you know, being um, kids in our assigned places in the car was always backseat uh-huh you know as it was for most kids at that time so we just had to grin and bear it <laughs> but so many of those stations remind me so much of what our interesting topic this week of wkrp is like oh wow talk about nostalgia right oh yes so we were just briefly transported to the past weren't we yes <laughs> goodness <laughs> That nostalgia is strong and powerful. <laughs> so back on topic, though, um, once Andy Travis was on board as program director, then others were introduced within the cast, like the disc jockeys or DJs, that drove the show with their ever colorful presence. Yeah, truly. Like, do you remember <laughs> Dr. Johnny Fever? 
played by Howard Hessman, Venus Flytrap, Tim Reed, the oblivious and clueless Les Nessman, (laughs) played by Richard Sanders, sleazy ad salesman Herb Tarlick, Frank Bonner, and backwards introverted Bailey Quarters, played by Jan Smithers, and probably one of the most anticipated and recognizable cast members, that of Jennifer Marlowe as the station's hot blonde receptionist, played by Lonnie Anderson. (laughs) As many a retro fan of WKRP in Cincinnati knows and remembers, this bunch of stars cast together really did its due diligence and was truly the heart and soul of the show. So they're a great group of characters. I agree. You know, the characters were likable and very relatable. Yes, yeah, they were. And that was really the charm of the show. Oh, they had some of the funniest bits in television, though. <laughs> WKRP in Cincinnati literally had our data laughing out loud effortlessly <laughs> as he faithfully tuned in. I'm kind of wistful and a tad bit envious at how much different quality and substance old school entertainment possessed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like back when... They had many, many more choices when selecting something good to listen to or watch, you know, versus the struggle we have currently and just finding maybe one or two decent offerings. Our parents had it good, or shall I say better in the way of getting in a great entertainment. (laughs) Bring back the array, I say. (laughs) Facts. (laughs) I second that emotion. So, speaking of the memorable characters in WKRP, I have a cool fun fact to share. So, fun fact, did you know that Lonnie Anderson's receptionist character, Jennifer Marlowe, she's readily known as the hot blonde, of course. Uh Oh, so why the, the inference, you might ask? Well, because Lonnie Anderson didn't wish to be typecast as this and adamantly refused to play the typical dumb blonde on the show. But get this, not only was her character intelligent, but she also was a journalism major. Nice. Good for her. Yes. (laughs) Well done. Well, you know, the show works because it focused on eight characters rarely devoting too much time to any one specific individual. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like that. Go on, Kennard. So the cast did not change in four years. No, they didn't even have anyone for a handful of episodes to even play a love interest or anything like that. They didn't have to, right? Mm-hmm. The initial casting of characters were strong. Each one of the eight could have carried the show by themselves. So here's another fun fact. The characters of Arthur Carlson and Dr. Johnny Fever (laughs) were based on real factual people in the radio broadcasting industry. Oh, amazing. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Very colorful. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) Now, all of the actors were bonkers hilarious, and they completed each other extremely well. One of the reasons WKRP in Cincinnati remains popular and beloved currently is because it didn't wear out its welcome. Right. 
knowing when to exit stage left. (laughs) (laughs) The WKRP in Cincinnati was well-written, acted, and performed that it left a timeless impression on the television viewing audience. The whole show is really about the comedic conflict between the jeans and the suits. Oh, here we go. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Andy Bailey DJ Venus Flytrap and uh, Dr. Johnny Fever are the jeans, and the suits are Arthur Carlson, sales manager Herb Tarlick, and last but not least, we have news director Les Nessman. (laughs) I think that is way too funny. How do you like that, you know, late 70s, early 80s vernacular? The jeans and the suits? (laughs) (laughs) How that for a bit of highly appropriate retro throwback memories. (laughs) Okay. Absolutely dig it, Cooper. Well done. (laughs) But to your point, the distinct and direct societal classifications for that time was well played. And it's still an elephant in the room type of measuring stick that still reigns supreme today. But again, the whole show is just a comedic take on younger characters trying to write the station in spite of the annoying and intrusive hangups and incompetence of the older ones. (laughs) (laughs) This is so funny. By using the expressions young and old, you know, I'm really in essence saying in the context of them being more or less, um, you know, like young at heart versus being older at heart or whatever. Yeah. Um, But it's just neat that this mindset still goes on today in modern times. It really does. Mm -hmm. Hence the whole common generational classification and merciless bashing of them on how issues along with um, their potential solutions play out in society. But I digress. (laughs) The satire baked within the lines of WKRP is simply the best. And because of this, they could visit and address very serious matters, but leave and downplay um, the very gravity of said issues Uh by easily dialing up comedic fodder and keeping the viewing audience glued to the tube. Time after time, just wanting more. That's right. You know, and I think that's so funny because like the whole generational thing, like Mm. how often have we heard the whole old... Blaming millennials, blaming boomers, (laughs) blaming, well, I don't know, we're, we're kind of, I don't know, we just kind of fall by the wayside sometimes, you know, like we're, I guess we're just the good kids in the class, (laughs) (laughs) but I digress too. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll get into, you know, introducing the characters here momentarily, but before we do so, uh, let's keep in mind that the show had a first rate cast which worked well together comically and produced some of the finest moments on television. Okay. So we already introduced three of our winning cast, all-star, or shall I say all apples. (laughs) 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 Sharing the premise of the show. And that again was Andy Travis coming into WKRP as the news station manager, which was transitioning to a rock format mm-hmm. owner arthur carlson uh, under the urging and oversight of his aging mother wasn't too crazy about this but reluctantly decided to go forward with the times solid move <laughs> yes 
because now we've got our show. <laughs> <laughs> so the recipe next calls for a couple of new DJs, which are hired, a pair of unique characters, uh, that being Dr. Johnny Fever and Venus Flytrap, played by talented actors Howard Hessman and Tim Reed, respectively. Fun fact. Did you know that Venus Flytrap's real name was Gordon Sims? Oh, okay. <laughs> he was a school teacher before he became a DJ. You want to talk about a split personality there? A school teacher versus a <laughs> wild, crazy DJ. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the leap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so it would be a gross understatement to say that these two characters were definitely people of their time. <laughs> so next we have the news which was the reserve of nerdy but funny Les Nessman. <laughs> it was a rather peevish person who jealously guarded his turf. Uh, then we got Bailey Quarters, who was the shy, introverted young intern who dutifully did all kinds of work assisting the group whenever needed. And lastly, we have Lonnie Anderson, who brilliantly played Jennifer Marlowe, who had the striking feel and performance all of Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> She was the owner, um, Arthur Carlson's assistant slash secretary. <laughs> but she was smart and used words of more than two syllables quite effectively, as you had mentioned previously. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so fun fact. Did you know that WKRP in Cincinnati was the first big break for Lonnie Anderson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she became quite a popular actress and household name, much to the delight and adoration of the late 70s sitcom fans everywhere. Okay. And due to her role as Jennifer Marlowe in the show, this earned her three, count them, three Golden Globe Awards and two Emmy nominations. Oh my gosh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So due to the nature of the show surrounding a radio station and the real rock songs they could and were allowed to play during the filming of the show, you can only imagine the red tape and copyright legalities that may have surfaced here and there surrounding the show. Yes, and I always wondered about that. Mm-hmm. Found this bit of info interesting. Fun fact, WKRP in Cincinnati was videotaped instead of filmed because the rights to rock songs were cheaper for tape shows than for filmed shows. Oh, that is very interesting info there, Cooper. (laughs) Wow. So the show was famous for playing music of up-and-coming bands and music groups at that time. Many artists have said that their music being on the show helped boost their popularity, you know, including such bands like Toto and Devo. Oh, wow. That's crazy (laughs) 80s right there. It really is. We got you two, the cars, um, the knack, and Blondie. Well done, Kennard. Thanks. Your last statement shared is a nice segue into yet another fun fact. Oh. Blondie was so grateful for WKRP in Cincinnati making their song Heart of Glass a hit that they graciously gave their gold record to the producers of the show. Yeah, it's hanging in the WKRP bullpen in seasons two through four. Oh, that's a nice nod to the show and to the the artists. Right? (laughs) (laughs) 
Amid the cookie cutter assembly line sitcoms of the late 70s and early 80s, WKRP in Cincinnati stood out like a breath of fresh air. It had all the qualities necessary for a classic comedy. The show was heavily character-driven, not at all dependent on a never-ending stream of glibs and not-so-glib one-liners. Oh, thank goodness for that. (laughs) And also a refreshing break of no cute kids clouding up the storylines and pulling at the audience's heartstrings. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Oh, God, that was big back then. It was. Because then you'd have the studio audience. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And it bears to be repeated that the writing was sharp and witty. The ensemble cast worked well together like a well-oiled machine, with each character having their own distinctive three-dimensional qualities, both good and bad. Yes. And in addition to dialing up laughs out of everyday situations, WKRP in Cincinnati wasn't afraid to approach more serious subject themes like censorship, uh, parental responsibility, safety business practices in the industry, drug use, and of course, one of the most shocking barbaric issues to have confronted the U.S. in modern era, (laughs) the practice of using live turkeys in promotional campaigns. (laughs) As God is my witness, I thought they could fly. <laughs> so as you can see, Coop, the satire is definitely on point. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this right here. You know, it's a perfect example of what WKRP was about. <laughs> this show is literally ate up nuts. <laughs> I mean, many episodes stand out as fun and most memorable. But the main one being one of the top episodes that was a retro fan favorite was no doubt, hands down, being the the above-mentioned turkey fiasco. (laughs) But Kenner, there was many others that were equally as memorable as per our data. (laughs) We have the inspired casting of Bert as Herb Tarlick, uh, charming, but even more obnoxious father. How about the one where the staff's discomfort at being sponsored by a chain of funeral homes and being under the gun for having to come up with a catchy slogan for them? (laughs) You can't really plug that out of thin air, right? No. (laughs) Johnny Fever selling out by hosting an ultra cheesy television dance show. Les Ness was being unfairly banned from sports locker rooms due to a chumped up rumor spreading about um, about him um, that he was batting for the other team. And another quick reference reference involving a dark secret from Venus Flytrap's past finally catching up with him and many, many more hilarious, intriguing scenarios. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) WKRP in Cincinnati is truly entertaining and goes down in history as one of the class acts of sitcomdom. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, is that even a real word? (laughs) It is now. (laughs) I love it. Like what you hear so far? 
Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. even joking when we say that there were a lot of sitcoms going strong at that time Mm -hmm. it was the golden era of it no shortage of great shows similar to wkrp in cincinnati now wkrp was coined as one of the finest sitcoms ever made unfortunately even with all the praise awards and other notable accolades it's disappointing to learn that wkrp in cincinnati never really got the respect it so richly deserved what mm-hmm. <laughs> but at least tried and true fans can keep enjoying it through other various means like um such as streaming you know social media and, and such so thank goodness for small favors right kennedy right you are cooper <laughs> <laughs> Now back to you in the studio. I know, right? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but you know, one of the odd characters is uh, one I'd like to make a special quick mention of, and that's that goofy Les Nesman. <laughs> now, he was oddly quirky, yet very entertaining. Right. <laughs> one standout thing he does is, is known for on the show is that Les noticeably wears a bandage on some parts of his body in almost every episode. (laughs) So eventually he reveals that he has a very large dog at home. So this really kind of explains a lot. Les! (laughs) (laughs) That's correct! So fun fact. In real life, Les Nessman, a.k.a. the actor Richard Sanders, um, was injured before taping the pilot episode of WKRP in Cincinnati and had to wear a bandage on the air. So a nice cover over happens when he decides to make it Les Nessman's trademark and the rest is marked in nostalgic history on the show. <laughs> cool. Brilliant. <laughs> Only a few comedies have reached what I'd consider the height of mixing and combining pathos, characterization, slapstick, and verbal byplay. <laughs> like, who else could come up with flying turkeys? Right. <laughs> WKRP manages to come out ahead because it was a true ensemble that the creative execs equally covered each one of its cast members giving them almost equal screen time. Did you know that Howard Hessman, a.k.a. Johnny Fever, was initially asked to audition for the part of Herb Harlick? No, no, just no. (laughs) (laughs) Can't see him play anyone other than who he did on WKRP. (laughs) Me either, Kennedy. (laughs) After perusing the script, he felt he was only right for Johnny Fever. We highly agree. <laughs> so he refused to read for Herb and ended up landing the role of Johnny. He is Johnny Fever. 
hand in glove, that part was made for him. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt, much agree. Yes. Fun fact. In close-ups, the name Johnny Fever used on air are all on the side of his coffee mug. There are five. So we have one, Johnny Duke. Two, Johnny Style. Three, Johnny Cool. Four, Johnny Sunshine. (laughs) Five, Johnny Fever. That's a lot of monikers for one big Henri Hot Mess. (laughs) 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 But in the pilot... The understaffed radio station has Johnny doing the morning and afternoon shows. So because of this, Johnny had to look at his coffee mug to see which name he was supposed to be using on air. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> he was one man banding at the wasn't he? <laughs> oh, Lord, this is great. Uh-huh. But, you know, I also appreciated in the writing... How these folks portrayed in WKRP also had lives that didn't revolve entirely around the station or resolving the issue at the station. Yeah. You know, so they had, they had families and social lives and such. Mm-hmm. So this show was so incredibly funny and, and why even some of the corniest episode offerings <laughs> were still way better and funnier than most of the entertainment presenting on the air currently. <laughs> right? Fast. so i have something cool to share briefly so fun fact did you realize that rumors abound about references to a said mayor springer are sort of an urban legend look at this jerry springer was actually mayor of cincinnati at the time but he was never mentioned by name on the show oh that's cool (laughs) babe I think we had heard that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to share one more show reference before we close out our Orchard Retro Trek this week. Um, and that's the episode of where Arthur Carlson runs for city council. <laughs> so when he starts out, he's trying to be as honest as he possibly can, uh, which makes him look like a sure loser. <laughs> However, when he brings out the fact that his opponent is an alcoholic, Carlson feels guilty about exposing the issue, which then he decides that it's better to not win out this particular election. The Cooper, you remember the funniest scene therein was when Les Nessman gets on the phone and he calls the press. He tells them that Carlson likes to lounge around in dresses. <laughs> Racy. Right? <laughs> Carlson uh, predictably gets mad at Les, uh, and he makes him go tell the press that he does indeed not like wearing dresses, but that he prefers wearing halter tops. Oh my gosh, these characters were absolutely nuts. Oh my god. (laughs) Pure comedy gold. (laughs) (laughs) It's truly crazy. Entertaining episodes such as this is what helped make WKRP in Cincinnati a revolutionary classic. And as we've stated in in an earlier uh, fun fact, that the characters of 
Arthur Carlson and Dr. Johnny Beaver were actually based on real life folks in the radio industry. I think that's part of the the whole chemistry of it. I love that. I know, right? <laughs> but that is cray cray, but not at least a bit surprising. <laughs> <laughs> that's neat. Um, information boards or wall spaces are plastered with bumper stickers for radio stations all across the U.S. They were sent by real-life radio DJs who were avid fans of WKRP. Oh, that's sweet. Sweet. <laughs> sweet, is right. <laughs> so really, the proof is right there, right in front of our eyes, and it's undeniable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the creative execs had and presented a winning combination of great storylines and characters that never got stale. So each one of the brilliant eight could have carried the show by themselves, as we've stated before, but... All late together was retro gold. And as stated before, the cast didn't change the four years that spanned the show. So we wonder and ask, what happened then? <laughs> I know, get it? <laughs> Shows back then, no matter what genre, usually had shorter shelf life. Mm-hmm. An expiry date, if you will. <laughs> That's one of the most... Those, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> They're there for a reason. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) One of the most disappointing occurrences surrounding WKRP in Cincinnati is that it only lasted four seasons from 1978 to 1982. The show was definitely one that was well-written, acted, and performed that left a timeless impression on so many a retro-loving fan. One of the reasons WKRP remains popular and most beloved even today because it didn't wear out its welcome. <clears throat> uh, can we say that we uh, have currently, by way of the pointless, endless barrage of reality shows as a primary example? Mm. <laughs> yeah, endless. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, WKRP creator Hugh Wilson will go on to be, you know, successful in Hollywood on into the 80s and 90s. He created the hugely profitable Police Academy franchise, as well as directed box office hits like First Wives Club in 1996. Wow. Again, not surprised at all. <laughs> Very entertaining options listed there, too. Amazing. Well, it's now come to the end of our Orchard Retro Trek on the most nostalgic retro television sitcom, WKRP and Cincinnati. Just taking a moment this week to break down and dive into the intriguing components of this gem of a show was quite refreshing to take on this week, even though we were crazy young while this was on during its original run. Crazy. Ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. And it's easy to see why our data would easily laugh out loud at the many scenarios, catchphrases, and punchlines that regularly belted out. Pure comedy gold. Yes. Good taste there, data. <laughs> we can clearly see why you were able to enjoy WKRP in Cincinnati so much. I'm at WKRP in Cincinnati. And that's it for this week's episode. 
To make sure that you never miss out on another second of our Carmelicious podcast, meet up with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Bye for now, and thanks so much for listening. Thank you.